Hello and welcome to Nerd Stalking. I'm and with me is Yeesh. I'm gonna have to think up a nickname for you because I'm not saying that every time. Tonight, as you've heard, I'm not solo, so Chad and I are going to take 12 parsecs to give you the lowdown on Solo, a Star Wars story. Star Wars, those crazy Star Wars, give me some Star Wars, those crazy Star Wars. And hey, how about that crazy creature bar? Did they scare you? Was there a cantina scene in Solo? I can't remember. Yes, there was with the the oh, one they were at the with party. the gray slick with the weird <laughs> mic stuck. <laughs> and to then her they face. had a jar, a, a brain in a jar was singing like that's uh, right, like, like crooning was crooning Bing Crosby. Well, they were kind of. It was kind of like uh, I forgot all about Ike that. and Tina a little bit. That's why I like doing these podcasts with you, Chad. I can remember all the shit that I forgot. <laughs> forgot. Yeah, I said Grace like Grace Jones. She looked yeah. like Grace Jones. Yeah, she did actually. And he looked like Ike Turner's brain. So, um, I wanted to say that uh, you know, my expectations going into this were so low, mm-hmm. but uh, the yeah. movie actually was a bit better than what it had to be for me. So it should have been called High Low. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it was a little bit better than what it, the baseline that it had to be for me to think it was a good film. So yeah. it's a little, it is, a, I would say it's a, it was a good film, but there's would, a lot of problems with it. I would say it was a good movie Yeah, and it was entertaining. Yep. And, you know, it stuck with me a little bit more than a lot of the films we've seen. Right. You know, so I, maybe, maybe that gives it, just a step up because often these movies are just kind of like it's a bit point A, point B, point A to point B, and then it's just forgettable. Right. Just go drop sixty bucks on tickets and then <laughs> forget that you ever did it. Like I, you saw it uh, normal. I right? saw it normal. That's what my new thing. I'm only seeing yeah. it normal. Yeah. No IMAX. No 3D. Right. Well, it's nice now because at the normal theater, you can reserve your seat. Yeah. Well, that makes all the difference. Because it used to be just AVX and IMAX. It used to be anarchy. Yeah. Just yeah. fist fist fights and and metal rods being pulled out of pant legs and like. That's right. Kneecaps broken. And my wife standing at the end of the aisle going, excuse me, excuse me. Could you move over one seat? Just one seat. The whole, you, every, can you move over? Everybody. <laughs> well, you can, you, Janet, you can tell that person to move, but then that person has to move and that person has to move. <laughs> and then we sit center. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. Guy was on the center is at the end now. He's like, hey, what the hell happened? I'm over 3D. Yeah. It's just like saying, hey, uh, why not charge you $20 more than well, you I've need got, to spend? I've got, I, I broke this rule in this time, but I'll... See it in 3D if it used 3D cameras, and I'll watch it in IMAX if it was shot with IMAX cameras. And that was so great about Infinity War. It was shot with IMAX cameras. Right. It was actually the first movie to do that all the way through was shot with these digital IMAX cameras. So I'll go to see that because it makes a huge difference Mm -hmm. if it's used. And the 3D is the same way, like... Avatar was shot with 3D cameras that uh, uh, Ridley Scott was doing it Prometheus. with Prometheus. That right? one I got to say. And it looked amazing in really 3D, did. right? Terribly but, boring movie, but <laughs> looked beautiful. Yeah. But if it's just a transfer, a process, like forget it. But I broke this one because we can only get seats at the back of the theater. I'm like, IMAX, that's okay. And it was okay. There's a huge... And the Scotiabank where we go to see it, that's a real... Uh, IMAX screen, the closest you can get to real IMAX outside of the Cinesphere or something like that, where it's a real true... Right, which is a backup and running. Yeah. They should play solo on They played Star Wars. They played the the Star Wars movies. Right. Um, Star Wars movies, you say? Those movies, the real ones. Imagine a Star Wars movie marathon now. You're going to piss yourself. (laughs) You're going to starve to death if you don't eat, I guess. Well, it'd be easy. All you'd have to watch is Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and or actually Rogue One, Star Wars, and Empire Strikes Back. That's the original trilogy, right? I guess, yeah. That's all you need. In your head. Yeah. <laughs> That's all they ever made. You don't need You don't need Jedi. <laughs> you don't need one, two. Exactly. And, like, the movie's so bad, they, couldn't even, they didn't even properly name them. They just named them one, two, and three. 
Nobody ever called Star Wars Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi 3, 4, or 4, 5, and 6. No. <laughs> no, they didn't. Actually, what's going on in the theaters now with Solo is that it's really underperforming. It's yeah. like only at 70% of its projections. Well, it, People are saying that's a disaster. It also changed its projections. They originally really? projected it at 180. Can you change your projections they like did, that? They did, yeah. Yeah, they totally did. They originally were projecting $180 million in the opening weekend. Oh, my God. And they lowered them to something like 100 right. or a 110 or something like that. Yeah. And it came in at 83. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> they lowered them and it's like... Lower the goalpost and you like, still can't put the ball fuck over Deadpool. it. Deadpool. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the thing. A lot of there's a lot of theories. Like one is that in the shadow of Infinity War and Deadpool, which are two movies, like everyone's always talking about. You know, is it superhero fatigue? Is it Star Wars fatigue? But Infinity War and Deadpool, in their two different ways, really, really radically different from what came before. They were trying to reinvent themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And Infinity War did that by not only being a great film, but having this crazy ending, right? It was like something you totally didn't expect. And Deadpool 2, you're expecting the same thing from Deadpool, but it still is an off-the-reservation, really crazy, different type of film. Mm -hmm. And then you come with Solo, which is a pedestrian Star Wars film. Yeah. It's going to suffer. Well, because, you know, we talked about this a little bit, the, the, with a character like Han Solo, like a young, any prequel... You're trapped by the fact that you know what the outcome is, right. the, the character's ultimate outcome, their story. We know that Han got together with Luke. We know that he was killed by his son. We know all the things that happened to Han Solo. Yep. So we know that he lived through all of that along with Chewie. Right. And Chewie was there screaming as Solo got <laughs> killed. Yeah. But so in this, when Solo, Chewbacca, um, you know, the girl... Um, the mother of dragons, yeah. uh, Lando Calrissian. Was there anybody else at that time? Was Woody Harrelson still with them? When? When they were going, doing the part, the, 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 the Kessel run. Um, yeah, he's yeah. right. He's right, right so, up to the end. That's right. So it's like, we know that through all the drama and the, the, the maelstrom is the word, although they called it the maelstrom yeah. and the mall all the way through. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no jeopardy. Right. As a viewer, you're like, yes, they're going to get away with it. In fact, the highlight of of the drama of that was losing the escape pod, which changed the front end of the Millennium <laughs> Falcon to look like the one we know. Yeah. Yeah, well, they did uh, a ton of fan service, right? Like, so much. Like, uh, you figure, you find out so much about Han, like... How he got the name Solo, how he got his blaster, how he meets Chewie, the Kessel Run they talk about in the first film, how Chewie became his co-pilot, how he gets the Falcon. They hit all those beats of this character. So they like explain the things that happened, but they don't inform the character in any way, shape or form, right? Yeah. Like it just, the one thing the movie can't get over is that there's really no reason for it to exist. No, it's right? It's like, hey, we, we didn't have another idea. It's like I'm I'm reading through uh, Luke um, Han Solo and the uh, at Star's End. Right, right the now. books they made way back in the early '80s. Yeah, they made all the, they made the novelizations of the films. <clears throat> yeah, they made was, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which was the first adaptation by Alan Dean Foster of what of Star Wars, like a not an adaptation, but the first uh, book in that world that oh, really? was not by Lucas. Really? Yeah, Alan Dean Foster. Was it after the film came out? After the film came oh, okay, out, so very soon. Very closely following the but film. The Star Wars one, those they were all book club editions as well. Right. They were all released by book club. Yeah. But the Star Wars one actually came out before the movie. Yeah. So it has the whole, the, the cool thing is the, the dialogue between him and Biggs. Yeah. Because it explains so much that is suddenly this, you realize this big hole in the original Star Wars yeah. movie about Biggs. Yeah. Who is this guy? Yeah, what are they doing? What rebellion? Who's fighting what? Yeah, which side? <laughs> who's fighting on what side? Yeah. And then he sees Big, hey, Biggs. Yeah. Like, we should know who he is, but we just, you know, but there was a whole part in the story where he talks with Biggs. Yeah. He looked up to Biggs and he wanted to go do what Biggs was doing. Right. So, uh, like I said, it doesn't inform the character at all. Like, it doesn't explain why Han Solo became Han Solo outside of... He's just in Corellia and he's in the alleys and byways of Corellia and he's hustling to 
get by. It doesn't really explain why he's in that predicament. Well, because they kind of do it like, you know, they're, he's a street rat. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's like working for Fagan and Pickpocket. He's Oliver Twist, right? Yeah. Except he's Oliver Twist all grown up. But we didn't see tragedy. Yeah. And I wanted to see, like, <laughs> you have to give the character some... It sends him on a trajectory, right? To that, Like you said, where he's going to end up as a money-hungry, like, all he cares about money, you know? If money is all you desire, then that is what you'll receive. And that's what Leah tells him because that's all he's... He wants the, the reward for bringing Leah back. Yeah. That's all he cares about is the money. So what sends him on that trajectory? Here's your chance. You're making a movie called Solo with the early formative years of Han Solo. What knocked him onto that trajectory? Yeah, like and maybe what informed his change of heart. Well, if he put it all in this book, in this movie, it's all there, ready for you to build. They don't do any of that. If he was, a, if he was going to become a cynic. So in this film, he's I don't know how old, how old do you figure eighteen? Well, twenty I'm a older than no, because yeah. he's then he was three. I think right? his early twenties. Let's say he's twenty two. Yeah. Right at twenty two, he's not quite a cynic yet. Yeah. So why the fuck isn't he a cynic? <laughs> he just lived in squalor on some shit planet yeah. where he fought for his life. He ended up losing his his girlfriend. Didn't make it through the the gate. And yep. He has this. He's escaping this life of slavery of child slavery. But he has no cynicism. He's an optim- optimist. Yeah. He's going to go off and he's going to make something of himself, mister. <laughs> yeah, he's going to knock the dust off of this Corellian town. and It should have been the other way around. He should have been so cynical. And this is where he starts to get hope. Yeah. You know, people will, ex- you know, he, he'll get what he expects, which is nothing. Right. And then he'll also have this secret desire to get his girl back. Right. Right. So that it explains his character when he meets Luke. Yeah. Cause he's the guy he fucks off. Like he, like I've, we've made the comparison about Maverick. Right. Yep. And I just watched a clip with Maverick and he was saying how, uh, somebody said, Maverick, you don't trust anybody. And he goes, well, I, I trust that people will behave exactly like you expect the, probably will <laughs> or something, you know, it's a little bit of a, you know, and it's sort of, he's, he's a cynic too. And he, it's like, you know, hope for the best plan for the worst. Right. But he's already so optimistic in his early twenties and he becomes, he's going to become a cynic between this movie and new hope. Right. And that just doesn't float. That just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. It's just a lost opportunity. Here's your chance. Inform the character that we know. People are, like we said, people are wondering why does this film need to exist? Here's your chance. That's why inform the character that we know in the original three. None of that's done with. No, and there's so no arc. If he's 22, that means he left his planet. Let's call, let's say 19, right? Yeah. You can have a good little young Turk. Yeah. And so in 19 years, he didn't come up with a last name. <laughs> I don't even understand that. Lots of people have last names. Yeah, like... Bib Fortana and Boba Fett, and people have last names in Star Wars. Bosk. Uh, Bosk, Bosk. Bosk. <laughs> it's Bob, Bosk Smith. Oh, I didn't know Smith, that. Yeah, Smith. Yeah, it's a common It's from name. his father's side. <laughs> it's a common name. Uh, but it's like, really? And then some imperial guy yeah, is going to like... He names him. You're, oh, you're, mm, you're, you're alone? Hmm. <laughs> Uh, loser? No, no, loser's not going to work. Han loser? No. Han, Han lonely man? No, no. <laughs> You're by yourself. And then he takes a sip from that red cup <laughs> and he looks at it. Hey, solo. <laughs> no, somebody says, hey, sir, I have your espresso. So stupid. That was the stupid. It was t- st- totally stupid. Like talk about, these are the things that, you know, have been happening to these movies where they take something that should be important. Yep. And makes it meaningless. Right. You know, now Han Solo doesn't mean shit. He's just Han. Yeah. You know? Yeah, just shit you shouldn't have really explained. Yeah. Like <laughs> Lando's last name it. is fucking Calrissian. They thought about <laughs> his last name a little bit, right? Like, <laughs> what would they say? Uh, say, uh, it's, maybe he's watching a video of the Kardashians. <laughs> That's right. Like, hey, he's getting into an old card, a Corinthian. No, uh, <laughs> he's reading the Bible, Corinthians. <laughs> That's so stupid. But I was just thinking, compare it to the significance of Rogue One, right? The other, uh, the first anthology movie uh, for the Star Wars universe. And Rogue One fills a hole in this original story, right? A missing piece that is glanced over in the first three, in the first trilogy. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, you're shown the price that was paid to get that information and the sacrifice, the terrible sacrifices that the people made to get to allow the heroes of the first trilogy to be heroes, right? It's it got a reason why it's there. But for Solo, there's nothing like that. There's no importance. There's no reason for being like there was with Rogue One. Um, the Kessel Run. Yep. Another now, point. Now, the thing about the Kessel Run is that there was a mythos to it, a, a mythology, a, some fantastical Argonaut you know, Jason uh, the Argonauts. Ex- expedition or yeah. something, you know, something amazing. And I'm a bit disappointed that it was fighting elemental, elemental things. Yeah. And, and yep. the octopus thing, he wasn't even like the Kraken wasn't the space Kraken. I don't know. It just, yeah. it, it would have been better if he was escaping. Like, like I know that he was escaping some TIE fighters. Yep. And a big uh, destroyer that some reason is hovering in a black hole. Looking like a shark. Yeah. Such a weird scene. Yeah. You know, made it look like a living thing. It was just a bit weird. Like, because we know that Solo is going to uh, survive. Yep. And everybody else on the ship is going to survive. It should have been done in a way that was, we were impressed with him. Right. Because we know he lives. So surviving isn't going to dazzle us. Right. But his savvy as a pilot. Right. Should have really blown us away. We'd be like, no wonder. Yeah. No wonder he kept bragging about the Kessel Run. Right. You know, but we didn't get that at all. It was like, big deal. Like the cool thing is that he flipped the Millennium Falcon and it whacked the TIE fighter. That was kind of cool. But, you know, (laughs) and that would have like taken out part of their ship probably. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. But it was like, there was nothing really impressive about it. Put some of that stuff, some of that super fuel in the thing and we're going to blast off. Yeah. It wasn't even uh, so... No, and what is the Kessel Run? Like, this is basically in the film, they showed the Kessel Run was just a passageway from here to there. What he pretty much did was take a shortcut. So he did it (laughs) a little faster. Yeah. So? And he couldn't have done it that much faster because he got sucked into, he was getting sucked into the maelstrom and all this other stuff. And it's just like, even if it's faster, like in 12 parsecs, everybody else does it in like 12 and a half parsecs. They just said 20. 20. Lando was like, it can't be done in under 20. I imagine the Kessel Run because it was never really explained that that I know of. Like it was some job that he was the only man crazy enough to try. Right. But that's not what happened in this film. Well, that kind he of... He just broke off the path because he had to get away from somebody. It wasn't that he, you know, it was it was something about the Kessel Run, right? He broke away from the... If the run is the road or the passage tube, yep. then it's not really... He's not really doing that run. He's just getting... It doesn't didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, it should have been more of a... Something where everybody had to go slow because of asteroids or imperial whatevers and, yeah. you know, like it's like you were dealing with highwaymen and pirates or something. I don't know what, what, but it should have been better than that. Yeah, there should have been some established thing instead of it's just a, a, a huge oct- space octopus that for some reason, even though it lives around the rim of a black hole, can get sucked into it. Yeah. I think that would have happened. Like by now. By now. A few parsecs, you know, ago <laughs> should have happened. Especially with all those arms they've got to keep track right. of. He gets his blaster from Beckett, from Woody Harrelson's character. Which in Star's End, they just referred to his gun and how it was like sawed off for quick, quicker draw and all this kind of thing. Right. But in that book, it made it seem like these were all his inventions. Right. But in the film, it was like a sniper yeah. rifle that he just took the barrel off. And I guess it had a stock, and he took that off and just threw it to Solo. No, oh, is that what it was? So it was like a sni- it was Beckett's sniper rifle that he just broke down and threw him the blaster. That's how he got his blaster, folks. So uneventful. He meets Chewie, and uh, they're imprisoned by the Imperials, and he meets Chewie there. And it's another kind of fucking ridiculous thing where Han is talking to Chewie and Wookiee. <laughs> and he's a it's a human saying it i think the thing that that's r- right i know a little wookie yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's right over there and then the ewok standing there 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, so it just it's just so many times we've done this podcast. We did our episode on uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special, which opens with 19 minutes of Wookiees grunting <laughs> with no captions. But uh, so many people make fun, make uh, you know, make fun of Chewie's voice or imitate it. And then with Han actually doing it, it just was really <laughs> weird. Is he doing an imitation? Yeah. It just, it was really off kilter and strange and weird. Well, it's like, cause Wookiees have developed this language because that's how their vocal cords work. Cause they're like a dog, right? They yeah. don't have lips and their tongue isn't, uh, you know, as, as movable as ours to be able to form words. Right. So it's one thing to, that Han understands him. Yep. But to be able to make those noises in a way to actually string sentences together when he's never done it any other time yeah. was pretty bad. Yeah. Now, just that scene while while on the like the veneer of it I liked. I liked the scene of him being so Hans thrown into a hole to face his death at the jaws of Chewbacca. Yeah. So how many people did Chewbacca eat <laughs> <laughs> before Han went down there and dazzled him with his Wookiee? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> his elementary school Wookiee. <laughs> he took a class. See Chewbacca run, run Chewbacca run. He took a class in Wookiee. It was a good thing he did that in Corellian High School, I guess. I don't. You know, it was a great little scene <laughs> to like build a friendship on. Yeah, and Chewbacca was big and mighty, which yep. was cool because I I marvelled at the fact that Chewbacca's movement in that scene was much more, you know they were getting away from the, 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 the stiffness of the old films. Right. Chewbacca's pretty stiff in all those. He's just a big lumbering, hairy guy. Yep. In the same way that, you know, uh, John Prowse's Vader was this guy who couldn't see out of the helmet kind of lumbering around, having right. this really boring, you know, horizontal sweeping sword fight with Obi-Wan. Yep. Whereas at the end of Rogue One, you see Vader in all of his ferocity, right. tearing through a hallway of soldiers. Right. You know, as we should see him. Yeah. Yep. So we got we got that chewy, which was good. Yeah. But it was pretty bad. And and I don't know if they talked about how many people he ate. <laughs> he rips the arms off of a guard at some point, <laughs> Chewy. <laughs> like someone's pulling a drumstick out of a chicken. And he's a, he's a, apparently 180 years old yeah. at that time. And you look great. That was funny. I mean, that's probably, maybe they're making a comment like you are. It's just, he's so much of a younger, the actor now. It's not all crippled up uh, Peter Mayhew. <laughs> it's somebody else who's got a little bit more limber. Uh, it was funny. Uh, I don't know if it was funny, but there's a point where Chewie becomes Han's co-pilot. Mm -hmm. There was one thing that really. Well, that was the 180 thing. He jumps in. He's like, uh, excuse me, I need to get into that seat. And show oh, you can drive? Well, I'm 180, year, 80, right. 180 years old. Right. What is oh. that? that doesn't mean you know how to drive a spaceship. But <laughs> That's true. Okay. That's true. But uh, so, yeah, he, the, it was a really weird thing with Lando where, uh, so Lando had, had possession of the Millennium Falcon first, and he's got this sassy uh, British robot as his, as his co-pilot. And uh, they have, you know, they build this character up. What is it? L call L three or something like that. L four. L three thirty seven. L three. I'll just say L three. That's. I'm not going to say that every time. I'm going to say L three. And uh, so she's a sassy robot. She's got. They make her given her personality. She's kind of like. Uh, she reminded me again in Rogue One. Another reverberation from Rogue One. I guess they're like Rogue One was a success. We got to make this a success. They had a robot in that too, which was kind of a laconic, you know, robot that would just insult you, right? And this is the same thing here with L3. But uh, there's a scene where they're trying to break some, or they're trying to get the fuel or whatever. I can't remember, but the robot is starting a robot revolution and all the robots in the facility rise up and run out. Right, she, un she takes their restraining, restraining bolts, bolts off. off. Yeah, and the, she's running through a field and she gets damaged. She gets blown kind of to pieces and Lando is like, no. They're all trying to get on the Millennium Falcon and Lando runs back and he cradles her and he's like, you know, stroking her, you know. Don't die, champ. Stay with me, stay with me. And it's this really scene that's really played for pathos. It's like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah, especially since, again, Lando is a scoundrel. Yeah. He's way more of a scoundrel than Han Solo he ever is, was. He is, he is. And, you know, remember, while he was a good guy, he still sold Solo out. 
Yeah. You know, in Cloud City. Yep, that's and, right. And so, you know, and he's shown as like a dirty, rotten scoundrel. Yeah. And so now he is like, we, we talked about the saying, okay, like if he had to go back and get her head or something. Yeah, that's the reason why they need to the get the navigator. Ships. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. But to go back and to cradle her robot body, I laughed in the theater when it happened. Mm-hmm. And my daughter looked at me like I was, I was fucking nuts. Like she was like, wow. And she said, why are you laughing? <laughs> I said, cause it's a robot. It's a robot. It's not a person. Yeah. You know? And they he, do their best to establish her. She has a personality. Sure. Some of the scenes she has are kind of funny. I found her kind of an annoying character overall. Yeah, I didn't like her as a robot either. I yeah. thought it was a, a... She has a funny kind of walk. Yeah, weird gait. <laughs> um, but, you know, like you said, it just it doesn't fit Lando that he would just suddenly... And it's a robot. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, I said, like, if, if he had hid something in her, right. like, that's where he kept his money, or he kept something in there that he was irreplaceable, yeah. and she was <clears throat> guarding it for him, and that's why he went, and then he just discarded the body. Like, I got the head, I got just my throw the, money. Like, like Luke threw the lightsaber over his shoulder in uh, <laughs> The Last Jedi. Yeah. He could just throw the head behind him. And again, that would inform Lando. Yeah. Instead of this weird thing that doesn't make any sense. It's like, really? This scoundrel is in, in a, a love relationship with a droid? <laughs> Just, yeah, it was weird. Even though the parts apparently would work? I'm kind of thinking that it's parts like that, and maybe one part where uh, Han is actually speaking Wookiee to <laughs> Chewie, that might be the Lord and Miller parts of the film that they left in. If it had been played, like, Wookiee, Han talking to Chewie in Wookiee or Lando cradling a dying robot. If it was done in the f- milieu of Phil and uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, mm-hmm. if it had been that attitude, like a weird kind of half making fun of Star Wars or you don't know, are they making fun of it? Is it a real thing? It might have worked. But in this with Ron Howard is pr- a pretty pedestrian director, I think, just trying to tell a straight A to Z story of Han Solo. It it was weird, jarring parts of it. I'm just thinking maybe well, those- it just screams like Disney, right? To me, it's it's like this is the Disney Star Wars universe. It's like we need some death because we need to like make people feel really sad, and we have to put heart in everything. Right. But tragedy, you're constantly like your heartstrings are pr- constantly being pulled, and they didn't have a lot of that in this film, so they killed the robot. Yeah, exactly. But you can see why. The other weird thing about that scene is you can see why they did it. And all of a sudden the mechanics of the film become really obvious because it's done because Lando has to run out uh, to get the robot and then he's injured and they all pull Lando back in. And then now, of course, Lando can't fly. Uh, the Kessel run with the, you know, the kind of have like a ticking time bomb of the fuel that's going to explode. Suddenly it's Han who has to do it. And it's Han who does the Kessel run and is flying the Millennium Falcon and Chewie ends up with his, as his co-pilot. So they have to take Lando out. Otherwise there's no reason why Lando would say, but they could go ahead and fly. But again, they could have taken Lando out and they still could have ended up in the same spot. She became the navigation system. Yeah. He got injured. They could have done all those things while maintaining that he was a scoundrel, Yeah, but they didn't want him to be a scoundrel. Everybody's a friggin' nice guy. And maybe you're right. And maybe that's the other aspect is it's Disney, right? Like it's getting Disney needed to be bad. They've owned, they've owned the franchise. Now the first couple, maybe they were in the planning stages for Disney, right? Rogue one and all Mm -hmm. that. And the first, uh, the Force Awakens. Those were all in planning stages before uh, Lucasfilm was sold to Disney. So maybe we're now really seeing Disney put its stamp on the story. Yeah, because like he should have been a scoundrel. He should have gone back for some personal selfish reason, not to save the robot. Right. And because it's it's just sort of, really? So, you know, again, he's another anti-hero. Like it's just kind of (laughs) empty. Yeah. You know, and I, because he's so vain and he has all this smarminess and there's a cool about him. And I think Donald Glover, for the most part, did a, did a fine, did a pretty good job. His, job. his accent I found was spotty. He, he wasn't as good as the trailers made me think he was going to be. Right. And what's his name? Um, Alden Third Reich? No, uh, Alden Eichenreich. <laughs> he was way better then um, the trailers led you believe. Yeah, I right? thought he was going to be terrible. I didn't think he had any charisma. I yeah. thought he was bland, and he was really quite good. He was okay. And yeah. Donald Glover, who I love, I think he's a brilliant actor. Yeah. Was was good, just good. You know, yeah. he wasn't great. And there was little things. And again, like your your thing about Lego is that the capes, 
was hilarious. I thought that was hilarious, his collection of capes. Oh, yeah. And she's in this closet <laughs> trying on his capes, you know? Yeah. And at one point he loses one. He goes, hey, that's custom made. Yeah, it's they're like trying cape. to put a fire out or something <laughs> with it. This custom made cape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah, that was good. If the world would let me, I would wear a cape. So, yeah, they incapacitate Lando to make Han the pilot of the Millennium Falcon. And then I just was thinking while Han was flying, like you, maybe this is what would have been, would have been great, what you're talking about. Through the Kessel Run, there was really nothing. I think it would have been great if at that time, with Han first in the pilot seat of the Millennium Falcon, that there had been more kind of a personal interaction between Han and the Millennium Falcon. Now, I understand that when you get to Star Wars A New Hope, right, where it's kind of the Millennium Falcon is, is become skittish. It's, it's like yeah. falling apart. Mm-hmm. He's got to bang shit to get it to work. Right. He goes, come on baby. And it lights up and yeah. it's almost like it's listening to him. Right. Mm-hmm. They could have had the start of that in this film where his relationship with the Millennium Falcon, but they did that yep. in, in this, you know, he's getting sucked towards the, 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 the maelstrom yep. and they put the, the juice in it to make oh, it last. You're and, right. it, and it goes and, and dies. Right. And then he gives it the Fonzie whack or whatever. I don't know what they did. And I think it just goes. Yeah, like they, they all were doing look something, panicked. trying to get they it going. They all look panicked, and then it, she she goes. It, it comes back on she and kicks in. <laughs> so you're right; they did that there, yeah. but more of that, more, and more of like you said, but Han that's the is. End. Yeah, but while it's happening, and they right. in the beginning where they're flying, just I don't know how to do it. Like I'm not a you just got a huge Hollywood you have to script build writer. continuity where the ship has issues because it's an old clunker. Yeah, although. Maybe it becomes worse as Han has it because Han's not much of a mechanic, right? You know, and he's got a dog it's doing all of his mechanical work, <laughs> right? <laughs> whereas, exactly. whereas Lando loved that ship and bragged about it all the time, right? Yeah, you know, he That's lost right. and, and through that that Kessel Run, he lost the escape pod. He got banged up and right. was always losing something on it, right? So, I thought that that was weak. Yeah. I think the female lead. Uh, she was Cora, Kira, Kira. Yeah, she's forgettable. Like she, during it, I was like, she was okay. Yeah. She has the star Wars girl look. Like yeah. they found a girl that had this sort of star Wars. You I know. guess, but she was, I'm not a huge so, fan of Amelia Clark as an actress. I, I don't, don't, I don't like her. I never liked her in game of Thrones, which is what she rose out of because she just seemed like, uh, Khaleesi, mother of dragons she is really the whole reason shit's going on in westeros in game of thrones right yeah. she's the whole she's the main focus she's the protagonist of the game of thrones pretty much because she's gonna come over and you know take back what her uh, was taken from her family as far as she's concerned and i i never got that from when she was just a slave girl being sold to call Drogo all the way to her being the, the whole focus of Westeros trying to defeat her. I never bought any of that trajectory. She never really changed. I just like her very now. slightly. The last, the last season or yeah. two, the last season in particular, she was great. Yeah. And I really, I really yeah. enjoyed that branch, but all the way through, that was my least favorite branch right. of the story. Be like, we're going back, cutting back to the to her. It's like, yeah. who cares? Yeah. Give me more dinklage. And I, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Show me more dink. Where's the dink? You know, but I think that, <laughs> you know, because right from the beginning, I was like, well, why didn't they hire an actress? It's one thing not like finding somebody who's not blonde and making yep. them blonde because she yep. has to be so blonde. Yeah. But, but find somebody who looks better blonde. Yeah. She looked like a woman with a dye like the wrong colored hair. Yeah. It just didn't match her. Yeah. Well, one, you I think you'd mentioned this before. And what I was thinking was, is a blonde and it, this is generalization, right? But a blonde is usually a statuesque tall, like a statue, like Venus. Really? I imagine Venus having blonde hair, right? Mm-hmm. Like Uma Thurman was perfect for that. She would have been a great, uh, mother of dragons if she was. What about uh, Paul Williams? Of no? the age or Paul Williams <laughs> instead of uh, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> Williams is Tyrion Lannister. <laughs> they could have just found somebody who looked a little bit more suitable to that weird colored hair. Right. And I, she looked like she was wearing a wig all the way through. You know, even the 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 the, the queen mum there. Yep. You know, she's Cersei. she's a brunette. I think. I think in real life she's, she's red, a brunette. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. But she's, she's red haired in the. Um, is she? No, she's blonde. No, she's red haired in the uh, in Game of Thrones. She's sure? got red hair. No. Does she? I thought she's a blonde. 
I don't know. Pretty sure she's a blonde. Okay. But, you know, the... Nerds you know, at nerdstalking.com if you want to correct us. That's right. Is she a redhead or a blonde? <laughs> that's our new poll. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, use a Google search, asshole. What's her name? Cersei. Uh, Cersei. Yeah. Cer- I forget what her name is in real life. It's well, Cersei, damn it. That's a documentary, Game Cersei of Thrones. Cersei Balanitis? No, the Cersonite Balanitis. <laughs> How do you spell Cersei? That sounds like Is a, it with an S? Well, if it's Cersei like in Greek mythology, it's C-E-R-C-E. Well, I spelt it that way. It's not. Yeah, I don't think that's it. All right, I have to just go Game of Thrones. Yeah. It's really thrilling audio with Chad <laughs> tapping on his keyboard. <laughs> click, click, click. We're all, we're going to know. Holy, they actually have, Game of Thrones has 9.5 out of 10 on IMDb. I'm not surprised by that and it and but only a mere 1.3 million votes <laughs> it's a pretty good sample Holy size shit <laughs> but again true detective is is better it is 10 out of 10 yeah cersei lannister oh it's c-e-r-s-e-i and she's a brunette right but let's see what she looks like she's not blonde i don't think is yeah she? she's blonde she's kind of like yeah she's blonde all right. Maybe it's kind of a, maybe there's a red tinge if there's fire next to her or something. I acquiesce to your <laughs> search abilities. One Just, thing that bothered me about uh, Solo was the cinematography was fucking horrible. Like everything was dark and murky and you couldn't see who, what character was who. The only one I could recognize is Woody Harrelson because he's so tall and Woody Harrelson-ish. <laughs> But the guy, you know, when they're in the army, right, he spends a couple of years in the Empire Army. Yeah. And they have that uh, Saving Private Ryan, you know, scene. Uh, yeah, she's a dirty blonde, I think. She's kind of like a, there's a, there's like a reddish. Yeah. It's kind of a real blondish, orangey. It's Trump blonde, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> is, that a, is that coming to can? Is that coming to can now? You can get it at the uh, shopper's? Oh, you know what it is? It's depending on when. Her hair changed color season to season. Okay. When it was short, it was looked redder. Right. You know? And then when she does the comb over in the new one, where she takes all the hair, she sh- it's bald in the middle, and she They really, really are putting allusions to Trump in Game of Thrones. <laughs> We're going to have Westeros is going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be the best. Best Westeros that's ever been. Not going to be filled with losers. <laughs> Um, yeah, the cinematography, you didn't find it like you're looking through a fucking screen door. Like the, in the army, they had a group, uh, Beckett had a group. He was a charismatic guy. He had followers, right? And mm-hmm. they're all around talking and Solo is involved in it and they see a shot. And I couldn't tell who the fuck was who, except for Woody Harrelson, who looks like Woody Harrelson. Well, in the first, in the first part of that uh, battle, when, when Solo is, we, fr- I, I, I had no idea it was him. It was just like I couldn't make it. Yeah, he's got a helmet. Initially. He's wearing a helmet, right? And the armor. But the gritty look of it, I liked it. It was, you know, and this is where watching it in just normal yeah. is maybe better. Maybe. You know, but maybe. they were going for that Rogue One look. It's just. Well, Rogue One had, I don't know if I would ever, any parts gritty, were, were, were murky or like murky, not just gritty. Oh, I don't know about, I didn't find it murky. Like just hard to watch and hard to see and that foggy might, and washed out and dark maybe, and gray. Maybe your projector, projectorists didn't. They didn't have the right filter on the, the you, lens. You just didn't. They had the wrong lens. You didn't tweak it. We can say absolutely for sure that Han shoots first in this film. Yeah. He definitely yeah. shoots first. Again, more fan service. Yeah. You know. That kind of fan service I liked. Yeah. If it had a, hadn't been like the 12th, you know, aspect of Solo they're explaining to us, mm-hmm. it might have been good. What's his name? Um, John Favreau. Yeah. He was, He's know. blonde too? That's right. He was, the, he was the little monkey guy with the forearms. All uh, right. Yep. Who irritated me. It was like another one of these stupid yeah. characters. Who was yeah. the... Um, no, it's it's Warwick. Oh, Warwick Davis. Yeah. Yep, yep. He, he was in an appearance for his, that's his third Star Wars film, I guess. Yep, as three different as characters. he was Wicket at the Ewok. What else was he? He was the little gambling guy. Oh who yeah, put the and, coins in the yeah. slot machine, and Luke and Mark Hamill did his voice in yeah. the, the last, last Jedi. Jedi. <laughs> the last Yeti. Yeah, Warwick Davis makes an appearance. Um, I was going to say that I think Lando needs a more uh, suitable card holder up his sleeve. 
So you had this huge clunky thing. It looked like the pedal for a sewing machine. <laughs> this huge metal thing that's half sticking out. It reminded me of like the thing like, on the hear cars that the transfers come off of. <laughs> Wouldn't you hear it when he's he's gonna he needs a he's, he needs that one last card for his Savak right? <laughs> hey, look! I got this card. This me- huge metal thing that is sleeved. Or just ejects the card. It goes flying oh, in the oh, air and no, he catches oh. it. Oh, sorry, there's a draft in here, and it's so visible. And if, if we can see it sticking four inches out Wouldn't from you under think his cup, hardened gamblers that you know maybe have their, their th- lives are on the line with what they're betting is pretty bad. <laughs> And then, and then he, it's so big and clunky and yet he didn't notice when, uh, Han messed with it. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. That was kind of goofy. Um, another thing too was, uh, I guess it was a big surprise, kind of like, uh, Red Skull appearing in I- Infinity War where towards the end, right? I'm actually right at the end of the movie. You see that Kira was in league with Darth Maul and they yeah. have the big Darth Maul appearance, the cameo. And I hated that. Okay. So I hated it for, okay, first of all, literally 30 seconds before that happened, Yeah. I thought to myself, hmm, how interesting, a Star Wars movie with not one Jedi, without one lightsaber. Yeah, and uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO are in it. Although Holden swears that he saw R2. Really? Yeah, somewhere. Well, they had the red one that blows up. In A New Hope, and R2 becomes... R5-D4. Yeah. The yeah. Uh, But yeah, like I, I thought, how interesting yeah. to see a movie. Because yeah, you know, Han's kind of like, you know, he's all poo-poo about Jedis and yeah. this old... I'd rather have a good blaster at my side than some yeah. hokey religion. And of course, they couldn't get away from it, and Darth Maul, yawn. <laughs> really? You weren't know? excited? <gasps> it's Darth Maul! Oh, yay! Another- One of the most boring characters in Star Wars history. So Yay. now we know this is before he gets cut in half. Yeah. So No, it's uh, after. How can it be? Well, uh, Darth Maul was cut in half when yeah. Anakin Skywalker was a kid. Yeah. So... Well, that's what I said. This is... Uh, this- Solo becomes a compatriot to his son, Luke Skywalker. So it's got to be way before. He's got robot legs. Does he? He does. But I was, I was. Oh, uh, I totally missed that entirely. But I was, uh, Makes I, I was kind of wishing that you'd see Darth Maul and then maybe they'd pan down and he had little baby legs. He was grown back. <laughs> <laughs> like a Deadpool. And then he lifts he's up dead. his cloak. And, <laughs> and then like, he crosses. <laughs> a little red and black striped ass. <laughs> and then he, then he crosses his legs <laughs> while he's talking with Kira. And a little bing. He's growing his legs back. That's right. Oh, it's got thorns all over it. Baby legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's pretty. Yeah. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, he's got he's got robot legs. He stands up really weirdly at the end to show it. He's got yeah. So the fact magic that he got legs. cut in half and <laughs> floated into the abyss. That's he's still perfectly. He got saved. He totally got saved. It's science fiction, Ray, Star Wars, Ray Parks. Yeah. Another question. All these questions I had uh, watching it was. So they have to do a train heist because the Empire is moving uh, this fuel. Mm -hmm. Why is that to be by train? (laughs) Don't they have fucking spaceships? So it's got to be like a Western. Yeah. I got to say the way that train moved on the tracks was a hundred times better than the Wakandan train. Ah. So good. ah, There you go. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. It was much better. Better effects, better looking. It looked like it was carrying shit. Yeah. You know, I believed it was carrying vibranium actually. That's what they were trying to get. Right I didn't believe it in Wakanda, but I straight out of Wakanda. Uh, yeah, that was just kind of stupid. And and they're gonna they're gonna catch the train. They're gonna like hijack or or rob the train just before the end of the line. Yeah, like they didn't want to go like I don't know fifty k the other way. Well, what they had to do was they had the train is like a roller coaster. It's attached to the track, and you can't get it off you can decouple the trains but it's attached to the track so that's why they had to blow up the bridge and get it to fall off the track right so they couldn't have done the same thing and blown up the track on the rock i don't know i guess they could have just attached the car to the cables and blown up the track uncoupled it and then blown up the track because even uncoupling it it's going to just stop moving right because it's either being pulled from the back or the front. You would think the way trains normally and work. that one isn't pushed from the back because they let go, they uncouple the back end first. Right. 
So it's only being pulled from the front. Yeah. So they could have done what they do in (laughs) Westerns all the time, which is uncouple it. And then that car just stops. Right. And then they just get up. They just in the middle. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, yeah, I guess. And then they could unload it. I guess the the whole thing was to lift it up on that hauler though. Yeah. So they had to get it off the track. It couldn't just be stopped. They could have stopped and blown the wheels off it. Chad, you're thinking too much. I know. It's just like, (laughs) but instead. uh, She's got to blow herself up. Fanny Newton's got to blow herself up. Another thing too about this film was, like you said earlier in this episode, Han and and, uh, Chewie, you know, are going to make it. Yeah. So what they have to do is they have to kill off every other single character for stakes, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because you know, there's no death with them. So all their friends have to die. That's right. That's so then right. where's, and where's this, what are they called? The red, red Dawn? Yeah. The people, the, they were seem to be smugglers, but turns out they were like f- resistance fighters for the, no, not them. No, oh. no. The red Dawn is the bad guys that the, oh. that she takes over for the vision. Right. Yep. They're called Red Something. But I guess I guess fucking Darth Maul's running it. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, because he's red. Yeah. But it's like, so where are they in the future Star Wars story? Right. You know? This like, pretty big cartel or whatever. Yeah, and then that that little <coughs> group of resistance fighters, when they appear at the end, and she, you know, he's they make shots, and they're portrayed as being smugglers as well, who, who are there ripping off other smugglers, which also doesn't make sense of why this rebellion group would be going after all these bad guys. They'd be the perfect ones to bring into the fold. Right. You know, but they're they're themselves fighting, uh, trying to avoid and fight the empire when faced. Yeah. Or they would, you know, it just, that didn't make sense. But then when she takes her helmet off, the leader of that group. Yeah. And she is, um, she looks like she's definitely red haired. Yeah. But she looks mixed, right? She looks mixed race. Yep. And I immediately thought, oh, she's the the long lost daughter of Woody Harrelson and Thandie Newton. Newton. (coughs) Right. And that, you know, or something like that, right? And and then she even says, I need a drink. And she walks past him. And I think, oh, well, this is a big reveal. So he must know who she is. Therefore, maybe this must be their daughter. And she was going to say, hey, dad. And she didn't. It was just kind of like... Then why? Yeah. Why is this young girl, the, like, not that a young girl can't be the leader of a rebellion. It just seemed like it didn't make any sense. Like yeah. they were just trying to keep the numbers even. Right. And, you know, and then they tried to end it the same way Rogue One ended where, you know, here's the connection to the other story. And so this is like the beginning of the rebellion. Right. Yeah. That's the, that's a thing they're trying to make a reverberation, but it's just kind of ham fisted and not really important. And, nonsensical like yeah, meaningless the, these 10 people <laughs> and it just started now like <laughs> yeah it was a good scene uh, with those people where uh, m- maybe the only uh, came right at the end where i'm kind of really appreciating what alden eichenwald birken staller <laughs> Birch's garden um lip shits and wagon <laughs> What uh, what he was doing was he, uh, you know, they're faced by these, at the time, they think they're uh, other uh, crooks, other thugs, other, another gang. And he walks, he steps forward, uh, Han Solo, and he's like, you know what's in that ship down there? There's 50 soldiers ready to come out. When I hired give the guns, word, yeah. hire guns. And when I give the word, they're going to come out and surround you. And then Lando's in there and he's and sick of waiting. So Lando just goes, shh, takes off in the Falcon. Yeah. And then... Uh, <laughs> Solo standing there and just slowly walks back in a line with everybody else. And Woody Harrelson shaking his head. <laughs> like, that's what I like. A brash Han Solo who we see even in um, The Force Awakens, he's still getting, making really shitty judgment calls. Yeah, but he tries all the time. But he's right? trying, right? That's the thing with, he's got bravado that'll see him through, like swagger. You can't keep the guy down, even though yeah. he isn't very smart. And that's a good that was a good touch there. That's where I thought, oh, there, that's a great, uh, setup for the personality that we know of Han Solo, but it's at the end of the film and there's not really a lot of those anywhere else in the film, right. Yeah. That really hit that beat with Han Solo and his personality. So I don't know. I, I just was thinking it's, it's a fun movie in terms of fan service. It hits all the beats. It does a lot of explaining, has a lot of explaining to do. And it does, uh, all the explaining it needs for star Wars nerds. But, uh, ultimately it's just, to me, it's like, it's like star Wars fast food. You know, you, it's you the, watch the film and then 12 parsecs, you're hungry again. <laughs> it's so. the doctor strange of star Wars. 
happy. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's yeah. okay. It's it's, there was a lot of potential. They could have really done something interesting and was, nothing. Yeah. Just a pedestrian. That's what I was worried about with Ron Howard. It's just, I was really excited with uh, Miller and Phil Lord and Chris Miller. I was excited. That would be interesting. They're really going to take it in a different direction, but you go with Opie and it's just, and again, it's a okay film. I'm not going to say more than that. It's, it's a good film. I'd recommend people to see it, but it's just, it'd be great know. on Netflix. Yeah. It's one. You don't have to spend $70. Yeah. In fact, it'd be really entertaining on Netflix. Yeah. But when you sit there, it should have been a Netflix original film. That's a, a great point. Yeah. And then I would have been, wow, this is fantastic. Yeah. Like I'm not saying this is fantastic. I watched John Wick 2 the other day and it was so much fun. Yeah. Completely meaningless. (laughs) He just kills people for two hours or an hour and a half. Does he get another dog and they kill that dog? Yeah, he gets the dog, but he protects the dog. The dog. (laughs) Spoiler. Why'd I ask? Sorry. Why'd I ask? You you had to. (laughs) I had to ask. But, but, you know, it's sort of like it was really entertaining. But if I'd seen that in the theater, I'd be like, fuck this. (laughs) Right. So what do you give Solo a Star Wars? I'm going to give it, I'm going to just be sitting right on the fence. I'm going to give it a, I, I'll give it six. Right. I've got two cheeks on the right side of the fence <laughs> and I'm just about to maybe hop off, but no, I'm I'm not ready to get off yet. <laughs> right. It's just okay. It's good. It's good. Yeah. But, but the more I, as the days go by, the more it vanishes from my mind. Right. Yeah. I was thinking maybe a seven. Yeah. But just because it hits the beats. And it's uh, it's a, it's okay. It's a good ride. It's a fun yeah, ride. It's fun. So it's more fun than like Force Awakens and oh my Last God. Jedi and One Two and it's Three. It's fucking Lawrence of Arabia compared to the Last Jedi. Like if we Han were Han doesn't milk the teat of a sea creature once <laughs> in the film. No, not once. He does uh, milk uh, L four for oil. <laughs> <laughs> so it it if if, if the rating is. Star Wars, yep. also known as Episode Four. Yep. Empire Strikes Back, uh, and Rogue One is my f- one, two, three. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. I'm gonna throw uh, Jedi is in fourth place. Yeah, and I'm gonna put Solo at fifth place. Okay, yeah, that's a good way of. And the rest of them, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that's a good way. I, I didn't, I didn't insert it in there yet. Yeah, it's, it's, that's that's where it goes as far as goodness. I agree. I agree, hundred percent. Well, that's it for this episode of Nerdstocking. Time to encase this thing in carbonite and blast off on Slave One. Thanks to everyone for listening. And I've got to really implore everyone to rate and subscribe this podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on. I'll also ask you to make the Kessel Run to nerdstocking.com where we've smuggled in an archive of our previous episodes, as well as a library of our many videos, which are only of the highest quality. Viva la robot revolution! May the force be with you. Yes, yes, move, yes, yes, I said closer, move isn't as close, yes, yes, moving, yes, yes, I said closer, moving as close as you can and engage your stars to destroy as close, I can't do it anymore.